Yes, uh, we're we're about uh, 50 people now. I don't okay. want to our uh we're not quite yet at the thousands mark I, I i honestly at this point i think that that was the honestly that was another big decision was how how much do we wish to scale um and we kind of we decided on on the size that we wanted to be uh the type of organization we wanted to be and so now we're we're hovering uh right around there actually Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season three of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, Phil Better, and this season is presented to you by Unicorn Incubator. Unicorn is the largest rural incubator accelerator of its kind in the world. Located in southwestern France, Sola, its mission is to give entrepreneurs and their families their lives back while helping them build game-changing technology startups. Startups in the company are provided with a complete ecosystem for success, with direct access to proven funding sources, top-notch legal and accounting representation, access to the world's most generous business incentives, and most importantly, a dedicated sales and marketing accelerator that will put a startup's product or service on the fast track to success. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the digital entrepreneur podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most feel better. And in this episode, we are investing in Ariana Rehack, the co-founder and CEO of Matchbox, Matchbox Virtual Media. So in this episode, we get to talking to Ariana about how she launched a company a year before the pandemic hit. That's huge. Like, I love getting those people who have just started and had to pivot because of this crazy social place, uh, social event that took place. Uh, we get to talking about how she had to pivot her business, which helped her grow her team and company. So that's a great conversation we have. Uh, she shares some tips on how to keep creative, creativity alive during stressful times and what's coming up next for her. I had a great conversation with her and she actually helped me get some ideas in my place how I want to run my business during the conversation. So it was a lot of fun. But enough about that. Let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, Phil Better, and today I have Ariana Rayhack with me, an amazing entrepreneur that I'm excited to share the uh, the mic with. So I'm going to give Ariana the chance to introduce herself, and thank you again for being a guest. Yeah, Phil, thank you so much for uh, for having me here. So I am the CEO and co-founder of a company that started uh, just over two years ago called Matchbox Virtual Media and we produce uh, virtual conferences. So I have to say, we definitely got into the right thing at the right time. This was, uh, we started about a year before the pandemic hit. So as you can imagine, you know, our, our demand rose very quickly all of a sudden. Yeah, I could, you pretty much struck gold, I would say, with your timing. Absolutely. I, I would have loved an extra like six months of prep <laughs> Like all of a sudden, you know, it was, uh, I, I remember actually that, that first weekend um, when we realized that everything was going to change, it was when the South by Southwest conference got canceled. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. That was on a Friday. And I just sat on my couch for the whole weekend, just staring at the wall, being like, what does this mean? We were a team of five at the time. What does scaling look like? Uh, I was really concerned, actually, about the effect on company culture of growing too quickly. So, yeah, it's been a whirlwind for sure of a year. Oh, that's this is exciting because this is a, a different level of entrepreneurs that we haven't had on the podcast yet. We've had people who just started, haven't hit the growth, if you will, or, or just exited out of their company. So now we got you right at just after the growth that's still growing because we're still having virtual events and you're becoming the name in the industry. So... 
What came up with the idea to start virtual conferencing events? So previous to launching Matchbox, uh, I ran an organization that was a digital publication and online community for leaders of uh, professional associations. So when I say professional associations, you know, if you think about every industry or profession out there, there's a, an association. So, you know, the American Psychology Association is uh, one of the bigger examples. The bar AR for lawyers and that, so... Exactly. Every profession you can think of. So uh, it was kind of meta because the organization I was running was almost like an association of associations. <laughs> and uh, yes, it got very complicated to explain what I do at cocktail parties. I'll, I will tell you that. <laughs> but uh, so this this community, um, there was a uh, I was brought in very early. So at that point, you know, zero readers, zero community members. And it was really my job to build it up. And so at the beginning, we were seeing this core group of people who were deeply engaged. And so we wanted to kind of solidify uh, the connections with this group. And so we started doing these virtual meetings that were like masterminds. Mm -hmm. So we'd bring, bring this group together. Uh, and what would happen is people uh, in the group would bring issues that they were facing in their organizations. And then the group was collectively workshopping solutions. And uh, what I came to find, one of those conversations, I recorded it and was listening back. And so I opened up a Word document and I just started writing problems identified, solutions identified. And after their hour long discussion, I had six pages of like really great notes. And I realized that this group's solutions were so much stronger because they were working together. And so that kind of, honestly, that was the day I would say that I, I developed this like deep pathological obsession with the idea of collective knowledge, you know, that any group, uh, if you guide them the right way, will come out with something stronger than any individual. And so that uh, evolution of thought kind of led to a virtual conference that was really designed to do this on a larger scale. So can we have hundreds of people coming together and can their output be you know, greater than uh, than any individual. So we, what we would do is we would hold these conversations. We would have an attendee chat where we were encouraging um, folks to bring in their own perspectives, questions, relevant articles and such that they had read on the topic. And then we'd go through and mine those chats for insights and turn those into eBooks that we made back available to the community. So it became kind of cyclical because also in that we would, uh, we would come to new ideas for future sessions. You know, the conversations would go in different directions and people would bring up really good points. And, you know, we'd look at the data and, and sometimes a certain topic would get a disproportionate amount of interest. And so we would kind of lean into that for future topics. So we became uh, a core group that was doing this became really passionate about that whole kind of system. And so spun out um, Matchbox to, to bring this to uh, our, our primarily we work with uh, professional associations. So our attendees kind of became our, our clients in the end because it turned out that they could do similar things uh, with their members. Jeez. That's impressive. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away. I'm like, oh my God, that's genius. And the content just being created by the users, helping build the content so that it just continually, uh, uh, just a whirlwind cycle of content creation as well from the members. And I would say one of the less, because there were a lot of things that came out of it that were expected, but there were some really powerful uh, byproducts that were unexpected. So uh, I would say the biggest thing was we learned that attendees were effectively meeting each other in these events because they were talking about things that they care about. 
So we started to follow stories and we learned, you know, people were being hired from our chats and, you know, people were, let's say, I don't know if you've ever had the experience, Phil, on social media, you know, there's a, somebody who's commenting and you're like, yeah, Jim, like you're a smart dude. I would I like to go. I fully agree with Jim because Jim is smart. Well, he's <laughs> exactly. from the office. Exactly. <laughs> so what we learned is that then Jim would be added on LinkedIn by Phil. And then because they had this powerful first shared experience, it was actually leading to real interactions after the fact. So we were learning that people actually, uh, the ones that, that really engaged in the chat this kind of way, were actually, some of them were saying that it was better than in-person meetings as far as meeting people. So actually Matchbox's tagline is conversations that matter, connections that last. And it's because our, our, you know, one of our primary theories here is you bring people together around things that they really care about and networking is going to be a byproduct of that. No, I love it. It, it also is reminiscent of uh, our first guest on the podcast, who is the success champion for networking down in Texas. He does the same thing, just getting a whole bunch of what he calls badasses together from different areas just to workshop and just help each other in different domains. So I love how you're doing it on a, for the professionals instead of just the entrepreneurs. I love that. Very cool. It sounds like someone I need to meet. <laughs> <laughs> definitely will be putting you two in con uh, contact because uh, you guys could definitely make magic because you're taking some of the, prof the, the professional associations where he's out in the small business areas and collaborating together can make even bigger badasses and better things going through. Um, were you always an entrepreneur? Like, did or did it just happen to, well, look, I guess I'm an entrepreneur now. So uh, it's a it's a good question because I actually uh, rarely identify as an entrepreneur. Um, and and my by the way, my mother will disagree with me. Um, I, <laughs> Generally, I mothers do do that. They need to promote <laughs> us for whatever reason. Exactly, because I have you know several examples from my childhood of having set up stands in front of my house and tried to sell things that that kind of thing. So that spirit was kind of always there. But in this case, honestly, uh, I am so passionate about the, uh, when, when I was uh, running the, or the previous organization, I was there as an employee. Um, and I just became so passionate about this thing that we had created and being able to scale that. Um, I also saw some amazing, we, we've had some events that are cause-based. Um, some of the most powerful conversations I've seen, for instance, were around climate change of people who are feeling the same um, uh, a, a desire to and desire. Okay. Yeah. The, the a desire to take action meaningfully. And so the, the conversations that took place around, uh, around that topic, it, it was, uh, the, the context, uh, the profession, there were psychiatrists. And so they were talking about mental health and climate change. Uh, and the chat was like this rallying cry of a call to action of people saying, hey, if you're interested in getting involved in X, here's a way to do that. And hey, I read this article that talked about, you know, such and such. And I remember our team was working on it. And um, after the event, we just sat there in silence, uh, just like so moved by what had just happened. And so 
uh, I, I, you know, saw the, the, this potential uh, when I was uh, running the previous organization and I wanted to, to bring that into being. And the only way to bring that into being was to start the company. So it's been kind of a, it was like, and, and our first year was this like romantic, innovative phase <laughs> where we were like picking our projects, working with these uh, amazing partners and problem solving. You know, we, the first few conferences that we held were issue based. So we would, uh, they were bringing their members together to, to, uh, tackle a like larger industry problem so we were really deeply feeling the why and so honestly the the technical skills required to put on a great virtual conference and uh you know the the principles that we learned of engagement and making great sessions those were almost incidental uh those were like the means to the end of what we were doing and then all of a sudden when the pandemic hit and people really needed help with some of those more you know technical things um, that was, uh, we were, we were well primed to do that because we had to, you know, we had to get that. good at those things. Yeah. So in, in some way, I would say that it has been, um, a bit of a pivot in, in that sense. Uh, like, you know, when I look at, uh, the expertise that we scaled over the last year, uh, it was a very specialized roles that we wouldn't have even imagined as a thing, um, you know, back, uh, in our first year, because we were focused on a very specific type of session and a very specific event. Um, but I, I will say that that expansion has been really amazing. Like people are now willing to engage virtually in ways that they never were before. And, um, uh, you know, we've tried, we've done so many different types of events. We've, we've seen so many, we've invented new session types and gotten to, you know, put them into, into practice right away. So uh, yeah, I guess very long answer to your question about being an entrepreneur, but that part's almost incidental. It's like I, I have the the space to, to, to problem solve and create and this like really badass organization to support it. <laughs> that That is amazing. That is, I think like when you, you, you found your passion, your, your passion is helping other organizations solve and meet virtually so that they can grow and is put by happen chance you get to grow as well but you get to see a whole bunch of people grow and i think that is what's really core to an entrepreneur finding pain points and solving them for people absolutely i i will add i do not want to paint it entirely as a rosy thing this has also <laughs> been absolutely the most stressful year of my life <laughs> well you had the romantic side beforehand where you're like oh this is the honeymoon this is great and then you get into the real hard work that comes with you know being the best in the industry I, well, I guess what I, I would say, you know, in, advice for those who are in a position of growth and, and building a, a team. Um, we, were, we were in an interesting position because our growth happened really quickly. And they say that about um, uh, when you hit about 25 employees, it's kind of a critical point. That's when you start getting sort of middle management. That's when um, they say that the culture that you have as an organization kind of tends to solidify. So you have to be really mindful. And so we like, we didn't just step over that 25 person line. We like Launch. dramatically leapt over it. Right. So it was like it, it, the best thing I can say that we did over the last year was being extremely mindful of the company culture as we grew. Um, and recognizing that uh, that that also is a moving target, that that, that is a relationship that you that you in an equilibrium that you have to keep um, focusing on and, and giving care to. Oh, I like that. Like it's a living, breathing part of the business. Totally. And so one thing we learned right away, for instance, was that uh, certain when, when you grow very quickly, certain decisions have a very strong ripple effect. 
that when you're a group of five people, let's say, and, and one of them says, hey, can I take vacation next week, for example, it's a very straight shot to say, yeah, of course. Uh, but the larger you grow, the more consequences there are for like, especially HR decisions of like, oh, by answering this, I'm setting a precedent for everybody else. And so that that was, uh, I would say, the the biggest ouch moments as we were growing were uh, were decisions that were you know precedent setting moving forward. I, I like that knowing that oh wait no this is completely different from you know five people to you know hundreds of people now being employed this is a different world and how you've been able to manage to thread the needle through uh, good and bad decisions I'm guessing. Yes, uh, we're we're about uh, fifty people now. I don't okay. want to overstate our. Uh, we're not quite yet at the thousands mark. I, I, I honestly, at this point, I think that that was the honestly that was another big decision was how how much do we wish to scale, um, and we kind of we decided on on the size that we wanted to be, uh, the type of organization we wanted to be, and so now we're we're hovering uh, right around there actually. That's great. Fifty. Did you ever see yourself being in charge of a company that had like? let alone five, but 50 employees? Uh, this has all been like, <laughs> somebody, somebody once told me once a couple of years ago that um, I haven't learned the things I don't know how to do yet. Um, and he was saying it almost patronizingly. He's like, thing, like, just wait until things get hard was kind of the, the message behind that. But um, I, uh, I think it would be so easy to look back and be like, yeah, I knew where this was going to go, what this was going to be. Um, but it wasn't really the case. The decision to start Matchbox was actually made with like within a period of like a week or two. I just uh, kind of went, this feels right. And this is what we're, this is what we're going to do. And, and there was a lot of luck in that, especially, I don't want to say luck was the pandemic. That's horrible, but you know, you had, what... there was a break. You had, you, you started at the gold rush moment where there was this, you got in just before, you know, the barrier opened and the floodgates of, you know, and having been, you know, done individual smaller organizations and associations helped. And you're like, okay, we've established name and uh, make you now the best. That's why you were pivoting, able to pivot properly to uh, grow as you did. Phil, you're like my hype man. I need oh, you around. I, I, I'm, I'm a <laughs> pure hype man. I love, the reason I started this podcast, and usually I, 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 I probably say it every episode is because I never had any entrepreneurs around when I was younger. My father was somewhat of an entrepreneur, but still lived in the banking world. He sold a high-end insurance for, uh, for in association with stockbrokers. And it's kind of an independent business, but you still have that safety of the bank, you know? So I never really had entrepreneurs around me. So when I burnt out in 2020, I was like, I can't do, I can't work nine to five anymore. It's, it's killing me. So I had to figure out how do I become an entrepreneur? So pretty much spent 2020 figuring it out. And then I was like, well, been podcasting for you know six years now at the time it was like five years and I'm like I should why not just have a make a podcast to learn right because that's I've been listening to a whole bunch of podcasts so I started reaching out to entrepreneurs and learning and I've launched my own business uh, for podcast production now but this is why I love talking with entrepreneurs because you guys were badass like everything we've gone through to get to our successes are a lot of punches in the face or, you know, like stepping down, but moving on. So I love celebrating because entrepreneurs rarely celebrate their small successes. They, they celebrate when they reach that big goal and then they can celebrate or they just keep quiet and just keep moving and they don't have the hype man. And I think they should ha all have a hype man. 
That's what I think. Or hype woman. <laughs> hype, hype person. person. <laughs> hype human. That has a nice alliteration. Yeah. I, I will say um, the uh, month five of launching Matchbox, um, I had a panic attack for the first time in my life. I didn't even recognize what it was. It was such a foreign feeling to me. I was describing it to my business partner. He's like, yep, that's a, that's a panic attack. And I was like, what do I do now? And he's like, your, your body's going to be in fight or flight mode. You need to dramatically drop work and take time off. So I took a week off and that week was, uh, was really reflecting on why I'd had that panic attack. And it was because I was seeing success as so as this elusive thing so far out into the future. Uh, you know, I wanted I sounds cheesy, but I started Matchbox because I want to change the world. And changing the world is a very elusive goal. Yeah. Is that a thousand conferences and conversations, of, you know, out into the future? Is that ten thousand? And so I realized that uh, I wasn't enjoying myself at all uh, leading up to whatever that moment would be. And that was definitely a huge mindset shift for me. It then became about um, making, it, uh, making it fun and valuable and meaningful along the way. Uh, and, and sometimes that's like really small things like uh, I'm... I'm I'm, this is like in the weeds, but I, I was, I'm working on a project right now with my business partner and we had created this document that was meant to be this brain dump of ideas that we have. And I just had, you know, a boring uh, Google doc with the, you know, several questions in there. Like how might we do, you know, look, yeah, looking at us, right? and, yeah, future goals, yeah. future goals, future projects and stuff. Yeah. I, I exactly. have that too. It's my daily journal, just stupid thoughts. And then the next time I went into the document, he had added this image from Google Images of this big cauldron and had like changed the font to like this weird wizard font. And I looked at it and I laughed and I was like, this is such a different feeling going into this document now. Like it, it is, it, it, it completely, it, it just added some joy and changed the mood and like the whole whistle while you work thing. I think that's, I think it's a myth that we need to, to, you know, that to, uh, start a business and that it's it's the grind and you need to sacrifice for years and you need to hate your existence while you do it and that's the only way you're going to achieve success like nah we like life is short you really it, it uh if, if if there's one thing that i would preach it's find find ways to really enjoy it as as you're going i love that i love that bringing fun back into the work because i think for so many uh, non-entrepreneurs or people who want to become entrepreneurs, they look at what they consider successful, you know, corporations and that, and how very square and boxy they are, and this is how you have to do it. And so they go, well, if they're doing it like that, we need to do it. But just like you said, your business partner was like, you know what, I'm going to fund this up and Harry potter it to no end. And now it's like you enjoy going into it because it's like, it's fun. It's mystical. It, you don't know what you're going to, what potions you're going to brew from it. Yeah. Our management team, they self-identify as the Jedi council. Oh, and so, <laughs> I love just, it. <laughs> just to, you know, just to just stay on brand there. <laughs> no, that's great because we're, we're of the, I'm pretty sure we're in the same generation, the millennial generation. And so we, we are naming, like, we don't want to be CEOs. We want to be, you know, like Jedi Knight, you know, the head of the Jedi Knight Council, you know, because that sounds more badass than a CEO. Like, I'm a podcast mogul. What does a podcast mogul really mean? It's <laughs> like 
I don't know. It means I have a lot of podcasts. That's all. I run a lot of podcasts and that's it. So, yeah. So Phil, we just, someone, someone on the team, I, I can't believe this came on my desk, but <laughs> someone, on, someone on the team has asked for a title change that is special agent because a lot of what they do is very kind of miscellaneous coming in, doing great things and bouncing. Uh, what's your take, Phil? Should, uh, should I accept this? Uh, I think, yes. I think you should name them, give them the 007 st- uh, title. They're your 007 <laughs> or a 00 agent. Well, Phil, you should bookmark our team page because this might be an example of precedent HR setting. And so if we make one person special agent, I think it's going to have this intense ripple effect. So please stay tuned to our team page and see how the titles change because of our conversation today. Definitely going to be the top one of the top links in here because that I think I just helped set precedent. Oh, my God. Cheers. But yeah, no, that that I think having treating us like adults, like your teammates are adults and titles are kind of now not needed because your job because we're pivoting and the the world is changing, you flux, you get to grow with the these smaller companies that are are amazing. Like you're 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 still considered a small company. You're under a hundred employees and you're like does the name special agent really matter like in the long run like does it make the employee happy yes does it add to the brand of you know the jedi council like will they approve this you know as a a fun moniker i think that's a great decision you know being fluid with the names and just like it doesn't matter are we having fun she will certainly regret it in future job interviews i will say But maybe not, because uh, the type of employer that would enjoy that is probably where she should I, be anyway. I, I'm sorry. If someone comes to me and wants to work for my business and says, was a member of the Jedi Council for, you know, <laughs> Matchbox, I'd be like, I need to know more. What, what is going on and how do I work for this company if there's a Jedi Council? Like, what is the, the secret behind it? And I think that's just also great branding. Yeah, absolutely. We've we've definitely uh, done the whistle while we work as, as a team. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to give you, we're coming up near the end. Um, so I usually, we're going to do two things. I'm going to ask you, what's your ultimate goal? What is either your personal, Ariana, personal goal, ultimate goal, or what is the business ultimate goal? I'll allow you that scapegoat. So that if you don't want to reveal too much, you know, you can go with the business. So what's the ultimate goal? So interesting that you asked that because uh, I would say in terms of my mindset shift about being process, about enjoying process over outcome, it would actually be antithetical for me to answer that question. Um, Yeah, what I, this is a trick question. I I see that. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) So what, what I would, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have an answer. And uh, I, I think that the way that Matchbox has shaped, if I had, if I go back two years, and um, if I had answered the question, it would look very different than, uh, than it looks right now. And I think for us, I actually, to be honest, I mourned the pivot. I mourned the fact that we we wouldn't be working on the types of projects that we had previously been working on, or that it would be kind of a lesser part of things. Um, I'm I mourned that change. I, I have gotten over it, and I'm so excited about the direction that it took. Um, what I didn't want to do is become really, really process oriented. You know, this is how 
everything this needs is to the be checklist used. this is the checklist for how we put on a virtual conference we've been able to bring the innovative spin to to what we do um but it was a it was a shift and so i i think that the the way that the world is uh is moving and the speed at which it's moving i think uh an ultimate goal at this point would be arbitrary Ooh, hitting me with the big <laughs> words at the end and calling me out all right so no ultimate goal what would you like okay a lesson you would like the audience to take away from this so um if uh if you are an entrepreneur who's listening to this and if you're in uh in a phase of of growth yourself um the big thing that i would say the most important thing that uh that we've done over the last year is be extremely mindful of uh building a positive company culture uh as we grew and uh being mindful of you know those president setting moments uh, as well and uh and and definitely the whistle while you work definitely the fact that as you go that there are ways it's a mindset thing there are ways to make it fun as you do it and and uh it's it's what you bring into it so those would be that would be my answer phil i love it great answers um now i'm a voracious book reader i love reading books of all kinds fiction nonfiction, self-improvement and all that uh, and it's a new series we're doing here on the, the show, uh, getting entrepreneurs to tell me what is their book that they suggest the most to on other entrepreneurs to read. Either if we're starting becoming an entrepreneur or we're, you know, you just read like the, the Tools of Titans from Tim Ferriss and you're like, you need to read this. This is amazing. So much gold. What is a book that you sh wish or you suggest to read uh, if you're an entrepreneur? So, um there's one that's been interesting in my life because I've read it at different points and it's brought different value to me at different times, uh, which is, books? yeah, which is, it's called scaling up, um, by, I think it's Vern Harnish is, is the name. And it's a very, it's, it's a very practical book about if you're in, and I'm the, the context, the reason I'm suggesting it is because we're, we're talking about scaling. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, I, I found the book, uh, the first time I read it, it was all theoretical. I had read it before I launched Matchbox. And so I was like, this is interesting, but I don't, I can't no practical contextualize this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so um, at different phases of, of Matchbox's growth, I have gone back and, and reread it. And, and uh, not our company functions very differently than most. So I will say there were a lot of things that wouldn't, I, I couldn't apply directly, but there were some that have been, uh, really useful. So that, that would be my suggestion if you're in uh, a growth phase. Or if you're thinking about a growth phase, you know, it's yeah. get that theoretical and then you know there's, oh, I remember reading that and you can go back to it. So I love that. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to be picking that up because, heck, it's more knowledge for me and I can share it if, I, if ever I hear someone is saying, you know what, I'm about to scale up. I'm like, read this book. This is good. <laughs> and make me <laughs> look better. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ariana, I'm going to give you the last five minutes to let my audience know. You don't have to take the full five minutes, but let my audience know where they can find you, where they can find Matchbook, and how they can reach out, and maybe provide you guys can help provide them great service. So give me one second here. All right, the screen is yours. <laughs> sure. So um, for starters, if uh, if you are listening to this and you're somebody who's um, you know looking to plan a uh, virtual conference and you need support, we are definitely good support. Um, you can find us at matchboxvirtual.com. 
Um, I, I did actually want to share one of the um, one of the goals of this past year uh, was to to help frame the mindset around virtual events as being delicious. There was a study that I uh, that I read uh, years ago, actually, that was really influential. Uh, a group of people were given a protein bar. Uh, so two groups were given the bar. One group was told that the bar was really healthy. Uh, and the other group was told that the bar was really delicious. And so at the end, they asked each group to rate how full they felt and how much they enjoyed the bar. And those who were told that the protein bar was delicious rated themselves fuller and happier with it. So perceived a, a better experience than, than um, uh, that it was healthy. And so that sort of mindset I've really put into uh, thinking about virtual events. You know, when I look at the typical reasons why uh, people choose to, like the arguments around uh, the benefits of, of convening virtually over face-to-face, -face. Um, you know, it's that they are cost-effective, it's that they are, you know, you can bring in a lot of people who are geographically dispersed, et cetera. Those are all arguments around virtual events being healthy, uh, but not necessarily delicious. And so, you know, my experience in the virtual event space is that they can be delicious. And, you know, there are certainly the sessions, for instance, that are designed around that, uh, you know, harnessing collective knowledge, for instance, um, some really cool outcomes emerge that wouldn't even be possible face to face. And so in this sort of effort to uh, kind of spread the joy of how we look at virtual events, uh, we, we created this thing called the Matchbox Kitchen. And um, you can actually find that if you navigate to our website. Um, uh, it will bring you right to the Matchbox Kitchen uh, under uh, the Resources tab. And the kitchen is actually, if you can visualize it, uh, it's, it's within our platform. So you'll see uh, an example of, of what we've built on, on the tech side. Um, but the interface, it looks a lot like Netflix. And uh, every tile that you click on is actually a recipe. And it's a recipe for a type of... Uh, virtual session that we have successfully um, used or done. So, for example, if you are designing a virtual event and you're looking at, you know, ways to um, promote uh, virtual networking, we have a whole bunch of examples of session types uh, that, that we have used before to help with virtual networking. So if you're looking for interesting ideas for virtual events that you're hosting, um, totally encourage you to go to the kitchen, check that out. Um, we also have recipes with technology partners that we've worked with in the past. Uh, you know, ones that we, we kind of curate ones that we tools that we think are really cool or um, lead to really positive outcomes. There are recipes for how to um, how to use those tools and engage with them. So we've just launched this. Actually, this is the first time I'm publicly speaking about it other than a soft launch. Um, so really excited to see how people use it and um, what kind of cool shit they could, sorry, I hope that's okay, Phil. That it's I fine, explore. it's fine. <laughs> um, uh, what kind of cool things that they uh, come up with in, in their virtual events. So as we test things, we are uh, putting them in the kitchen to, uh, um, uh, to give the opportunity for others to try them out. And the kitchen is free, free to uh, go in, check out and download recipes if, uh, if there's anything you see that you like. That's amazing. I, we got another exclusive. I love it. Um, <laughs> we do have sometimes exclusives, but I love having those kind of exclusive moments, you know, sharing this with the audience. So love that. Definitely going to be checking out the recipes in the kitchen because uh, 
it's always useful to have information and sharing that, that knowledge with other people. So, Ariana, thank you so much for that. And thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. Everybody, I want to thank Ariana again for being a guest. Make sure you go check out all the show notes where the links are for her to get a bit of the kitchen at the Matchbox, uh, you know, virtual media, virtual conference uh, website. It's all in the show notes down below. And remember to invest in yourself before you start investing elsewhere. Guys, I had so much fun talking with Ariana. We've been uh, communicating off air. Uh, through her social uh, through her social media so it's a, a lot of fun and learning about her company and that is great as well so please if you're doing some sort of great meetup or need some organization things i would highly suggest checking out her company uh, matchbox virtual media um, again if you're interested in learning how to launch a podcast make sure to check out my live stream every weekday monday through friday at 5 30 p.m eastern standard i go live on my facebook and in my private facebook group uh dm me that or comment down or email the show and i will uh send you the invite to that the better podcasting growth group i go live every monday through friday uh so that you can learn how to grow your podcast also learn from other podcasters their secrets to growth maybe they'll figure out a solution for you so yeah you make sure you check that out there is so much coming down the pipeline i am so excited guys i wish you a great day and always remember to invest in yourself